up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode 94 of the Video Game Pals. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined, as always, by my ever-present co-host and antagonist, Mr. Andy Brown. Something, 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 water Pokemon suck. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, I hate you. And Mr. Robert Thompson, the Edgeron with the Heart of Gold. Thanks, we were just talking about how much I love kitties, so... Yeah, I guess that applies. <laughs> yeah, you're a warm, warm boy, Thompson. Warm, yeah. Nice hoodie uh, on everything. <laughs> Robert the Warm Boy Thompson. <laughs> yes, exactly. That That's your good. new nickname, the Warm Boy. <laughs> I'm not comfortable with this one. Thompson's soft and cuddly. That's better. Uh, so welcome back to another episode of the Video Game Pals, the Pals Network's weekly video game podcast, where we get together to talk about video games and news and how it all makes us feel. We've got a tight show for you this week. Uh... I'm I'm glad to be here with my boys, and uh, let's let's kick it off by talking about what we've been playing this week. So I played a little game called Tetris '99, and let me tell you, Apex Legends, Fortnite, PUBG, fucking King of the Kill, whatever, they ain't got shit on Tetris '99. Best battle royale game ever made. I co-sign on that opinion I, wait so there's a battle royale tetris game i don't know of you yeah, didn't hear about this it was Switch. in the it was in the direct i well i didn't see the direct oh my god thompson that's our main time you oh i I'm didn't sorry. watch the thing that we're talking about this i week. didn't have time Son of i a was bitch. sleeping he doesn't have 30 minutes he doesn't have 30 minutes i get this motherfucker a job now he's telling me he's too busy i was sleeping man working my All ass right, off okay. for you well, yeah. <laughs> yes, there is. This game is called Tetris 99. If you haven't played it yet, it's free to play uh, for anyone who's a subscriber to Nintendo Switch Online. And uh, it is literally just a 99 player Tetris game. That's awesome. It's like Tetris Battle on crack. Oh and you God. fight to see where you'll land on the leaderboard, basically. Oh, it's absurd and i love it and i hate it and much like other battle royales sometimes you just die and don't know what happened because 80 lines show up on your screen oh yeah but that never happens to me because i'm a fucking g at tetris <laughs> pete you're a g at te- tetris only because i had to whoop your ass years ago so hard Thompson, <laughs> don't even listen I, you might be better than me but that's just because you're really good at tetris i'm fucking good at tetris. i passed the mantle on to you i, I whooped you so hard Every... you had to you had to learn the skills of life man <laughs> oh my god i'm gonna fucking end you I'm hey this is a compliment now. i'm saying I'm, you're good i'm, I'm practiced all right I'm man saying you're good. so like everyone i know who i've talked to like andy what's the highest you've broken on on a, a scale like like on the like on the board yeah yeah three so I just got my first number one win, like not last night, I guess the night before that. But like I went from being like the highest I was getting was like fifteen. I'm consistently like top ten every time now. Yeah, it's I'm at this point where I'm either top ten or I draw a bunch of aggro in the beginning for reasons I can't figure out, and it's just like oh, sixty people are throwing lines at you. Good luck. Do you know if there's any way to, like, direct who you attack and stuff? Uh, yeah, if you use the right stick, you can choose between randoms, people who are attacking you, <laughs> people who are close to uh, getting knocked out, and people with badges. Uh, you get the badges for uh, knocking out people, and they make the lines you throw better. Okay, because I saw that when the game was starting, but I didn't know, yeah. like, how to change it. Yeah, you use the uh, the right stick, and it just switches it. That's going to make it a whole different game. Oh, yeah. If you kill people with badges, you get their badges, so all of a sudden you're throwing out like 150% of the attack you'd be using. It's great. Hell yes. 
That's going to change the way I play. I'm already just winning on raw skill. <laughs> nice. But yeah, this game is it's insanely fun. I mean, like ultimately it's just Tetris at the end of the day, but like But Tetris is the, like the greatest game of all time, so like It is. Yeah. And like the competitive angle to it has like made the cuz like I feel like Tetris is already a game that's built on like the one more game of it all, and it's made that grind like that arcadey grind like replaced with a competitive one which is even better like it, yeah getting a high score in tetris is cool or whatever but like i'm way more satisfied with i came in first place out of 99 i bodied 98 other players it's immensely yeah, it satisfying yeah, so it's a game I'm definitely going to play a lot more of, but we'll probably not talk a lot more about on this show because it's just Tetris. But yeah, if you're a Nintendo Switch Online subscriber, you got to go play it. It's awesome. And uh, I guess this is one of those things that they were talking about in terms of like trying to sweeten the pot yeah, a little bit. It's legit. Very cool. Uh, strongly recommend to anybody yeah, out there with a Nintendo Switch now. Online subscription. I think now I have to get one. <laughs> This game uh, alone is worth the twenty dollars, and then yeah, you, I actually really get, think this is the game that tips me to get it, and like that's no exaggeration. I really do think this is the game, man. <laughs> I why would not? Tetris is legit, uh, and then like you know, obviously there's the added bonus of the NES library, which has tons yeah, of yeah, games yeah. in it. So you, Play you a little can just Super access, Mario Brothers two. You can just get that anytime. Right? It's not like um like PlayStation where you have to accrue them over each no. month. Oh, okay, uh, cool. it's it's literally just like a Netflix library nice, basically. Nice. The only the only thing is that you need to go online every 7 days. Like if you don't like ping the servers, they basically will like be like, "Hey, go online to make sure we that you still have a active subscription." Yeah, okay. Makes sense. Cuz otherwise you'd be able to just cuz like you locally download them so that they like you can play them <clears throat> Excuse me. So you can play them offline. Right, so, right. Like, but if you, you don't go you online, yeah, okay, yeah, that's cool. But they give you a week, so like, even if you like, like when I went on my vacation, I was able to play my NES games like on the on the boat and everything. So, <laughs> looks like I'm getting this. Yeah, play some <laughs> hell yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how Thompson, football works. So. Thompson doesn't know much about football, but what he does know is that he doesn't know what a first down is. Yes, <laughs> go watch our NES play. Let's play. Listen. <laughs> I have not learned things you can't even begin to understand. <laughs> uh, that is one of my favorite in the, what, four years that you and I have been making Let's Plays together, Thompson, or three years, whatever it's been. A few moments stick in my memory as well as you and I be just trying to say what we know about football and seeing my girlfriend, Sarah, just sit there and just shake her head disappointedly at us. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how to play that game. And uh, I thought I did a little bit better even. And even that was destroyed. Just Thompson, my favorite line was Thompson's like, I don't know much about football, but what I do know is that a first down is every first time they throw the ball. And so it goes over the line, yeah. If the ball goes over that line. And he's like, what line? I'm like, I don't know, the line on the screen. And he's he's like, what's it called? I'm like, I don't fucking know. Okay, so because this is hurting my soul, I played Demonex Machina, and it wasn't very good. Oh, no. Yeah, so you, you checked out the demo, which was made available after the Nintendo Direct. Yeah. Um, Thompson. Yeah. It's... <laughs> what if I told you it was on in the it... background right now? <laughs> is it on in the background right now, Thompson? God, you're like the kid trying to do his homework under the desk yeah, while the teacher's collecting it. I'm being honest about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, excuse me, Mr. Bessie, may I just have five minutes to fill out the homework? <laughs> yeah, I, I just need a uh, primer real quick. Hold on. <laughs> 
Anyway, so you you didn't care Um, for the demo? For a couple reasons. The game seems like it's got too much going on for the Switch to really keep up with hardware-wise. Yeah, you said that there was some like yeah, real like the noticeable frame, rate was like, frame all dips, right? Over the place. Oh, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Did you try playing it in oh dock mode, or was it just handheld? Yep. Okay. Wow. So even in max yeah, performance mode, running it's well. like not uh, the control well. scheme is like that's super duper unintuitive. Uh, and like it's a, it's a third person shooter, right? But you've got like several different of the face buttons on the right Joy-Con you use to control like your vertical positioning. And Ooh, trying to do that. Well, I don't like that at all. Time. Time. Say that again? Like the, the ABXY? Yeah, yeah, like Yeah. yeah. Because like they're you've doing got the... okay, that's a weapon good. on each arm that you use the R one and R two triggers yeah, yeah. for and then a shoulder weapon that you use okay. Or, sorry, the R1-L1 trigger is a shoulder oh, s- weapon that you use the L2 trigger for. It sounds like Armored Core's control scheme, but worse. And Armored Core's was already, like, hard because the same deal. Yeah. Shoulders, arms, uh, everything was used. You'd have to use every fucking button and combo of, but... Yeah, uh, I can see plus, that being a real issue for this on the Switch. Yeah, like, having to, like, control ascending yeah. and descending with, like, buttons while you're trying to spin around in a 3D space and shoot people, like... Yeah. does not sound like something you want to be doing. Honestly, like, I'm watching a little bit of the gameplay right now, and it it really does look like it controls exactly like Armored Core, so I feel your pain, because those were yeah. a bitch. <laughs> it, it's just funny, because for everything that, like, we've said negative about Anthem, from what I've heard, like, that's the thing that feels the best in it, yeah, is, like, right? the, the flying feels, like, supernatural, mm-hmm. so it's, like... I'm sorry, super space natural. Oh, okay. wait, it feels like <laughs> the Southern Brothers um, who go around and hunt demons? <laughs> no! <laughs> Dean and so that's Hal Adventure Brothers. Something? I don't know. Uh, damn it! <laughs> Dean and Sal? No, wait, that's uh, that's Jack Kerouac. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I... Uh, I'm disappointed to hear that, man. I downloaded the demo and was really excited to try it out. And then yeah, you were I like, mm, your I was just like, oh, so I would fuck. still recommend playing it if you're interested in the game. I didn't care for it. Um, it did have... Yeah, I'll give it a shot. I spent way too much time in the character creator before actually starting to play it because it gives you a lot of <laughs> customization options. For I'm a sucker your for that. pilot who I'm pretty sure just walks around the base and like goes to different menus to start missions... Ah, so and Destiny. for your mech itself, mm. which is cool. <laughs> yeah, that is neat. It's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm still going to try it out, but you definitely have killed my it's enthusiasm what I do. to try it out because, yes, that's accurate. But, like, because, you know, like, uh, there are a lot of things, there are a lot of places where you and yeah. I differ our opinions, and, like, I'm willing to, like, try something out for myself if you don't like it. But, like, you being like, mm, the controls are not very good. It's like, ah, I mean, that's, like, like the specific complaint you have sounds like a thing that will also really bother me. Not like, a, oh, well, you know, like, I didn't like the story or there was something about the pacing that bothered me. It's like, those are things I might not agree on. If it's just the game doesn't feel good to play, yeah, it's kind of hard I to get, get past that. You know? And, like, I feel like you and I are pretty align when it comes to like game feel and 
Like, I don't, I don't like the sound of having to adjust my altitude with face buttons while I'm trying to spin around and no, shoot motherfuckers. Um, Sounds like a game that would be yeah, best basically. played with four hands. It honestly feels like piloting a mech in general, well, though. Like, maybe that's a simulationist experience. Also, like, like frame rate issues yeah. and everything, it's like, ugh, that sucks. Really yeah, I'm surprised upsetting. about that, to be honest. Uh, I haven't encountered anything on the Switch yet that had any frame rate issues yet. Wait, have you not played... I, I, haven't, like, I haven't played too many things, but... Lots of frame rate issues. I, I never had trouble with it. Yeah, I I also didn't have much trouble with Breath of the Wild because I mostly played it in handheld mode. Yeah, and I did all hand, of it. On handheld, I feel like it had way, way less like stutters. Did the whole it's thing like, on handheld, that, yeah. There's like that one spot in Hyrule Field, Hyrule Field when you walk down the hill... And all the grass is open and everything, and all the physics. Like, that was the one part of the game where I consistently saw slowdown. Yeah. But it was mostly I, only I in got, Like, mode. I played it a lot in both modes, and I don't know. I felt like I got a noticeable but not significant amount of slowdown, like, every time I was in a fight with a lot of dudes. Mm. That thing is, Andy, I never got in a fight with a lot of dudes because I'm a fucking killer. You're a punk <laughs> bitch who never went head-on into an enemy army. Some hero of fucking time sneaking around. <laughs> oh, man, don't fight me all at once, guys. Take your turns. Pete, they, the enemies knew that Pete doesn't allow anything greater than three to congregate. That's the problem there. <laughs> yeah. As soon as they got in a group of five, I'd just ice them. All right. So uh, let us know if you've got any thoughts on Damon X Machina or you're playing Tetris 99 and want to take on the true champ. I don't know if you can take me on directly because Nintendo's online is bad, but hey, we could compare scores or something. I'll fucking, I'll wreck your day. Let's go. <laughs> Gauntlet throne, pals. Uh, but if you want to let us know what you're thinking about those or any other games you're playing this week or any of the other stuff we talk about this week, remember, you can write into us at the video game pals at gmail.com. Hit us up at the comics pals wherever your social media is sold. Or, uh, you know, just get us in the comments down below, all that fun stuff. And, uh, you know, if you want to show the, sh the show the show your support, lots of tongue twisters this episode. If you want to show the show your support, you can give us a like on your podcasting platform of choice. Head over to iTunes and give us one of those sweet five-star ratings. Or head over to YouTube, give us a like, drop us, uh, share one of our videos, give us a subscribe. You know the deal, how this internet biz works. And as Sean likes to say, it helps us a lot more than it costs you. Because what it costs you is nothing. So, I mean, it's really the least you could do. And with that, I guess that means it's time for... The news! The news! We talking about the news! The news! The news! We talking about All the news! Alright, so we've got a lot to get through this week. Uh, some, some hefty news items, a couple small ones, so let's just jump right into it uh, with an update on the game that won't stop slaying Apex Legends has passed 25 million players in one week. That's so many it people. It's recorded well over two, and that's a quote, quote, well over two million concurrent players this past weekend, according to Respawn CEO Vince Zampella over on Twitter. Uh, so Apex Legends is fucking huge. It doesn't seem like it has any signs of slowing down. Um, so again, big, big congratulations to Respawn. I don't want to make this like PUBG where we do a report every week on how it's breaking records, but I thought this was a really impressive number for like its first week. So I wanted to, you know, just throw that milestone out there, give them another congratulations and uh, say fuck you to all the haters who said <laughs> that this wasn't going to go anywhere or that it was going to dip off. Like, man, you were fucking wrong. <laughs> 
Uh, Pete, you're like out here like these are your haters you're talking to. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yo, I mean, I just like I just like a victory story, dude. Respawn makes good games and like the whole Titanfall, Titanfall 2 of it all with them under EA's banner did not bode well for their future. So the fact that they're now raking in money with like a fucking like dump truck, like good for Respawn. And they still have Jedi Fallen Order coming out this year. Which excites the shit out of me because if this game can just make money hand over fist so that their like really tight story driven single player games can sell like five copies and no one cares, like <laughs> that's great. <laughs> or three of the five copies, I guess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but similarly, on that that um, note is uh, Tencent, the you know j- just giant chinese company that we've mentioned many times they own uh, they they own league of legends outright they own a stake in both epic so fortnite and PUBG corp uh they own a bit of ubisoft they own everything every everything uh and they are currently exploring bringing the game to china according to the south china morning post uh, so yeah, EA is in currently in talks with them to bring it over uh, because apparently they're not happy owning two thirds of the battle royale market. They want to own it all. So well, they'll never uh, get Tetris ninety nine. <laughs> they'll never get Tetris ninety nine. Um, but it is it is worth noting the Venture Beat article that I'm pulling this from down below. Um, essentially, like as part of the deal. Uh, they would be like EA and Respawn would have to give up a chunk of the revenue made in China, right? But obviously, like that's worth getting that extra money out there. And then they point out that EA already has a history working with Tencent in this way. Um, they've worked together to bring like plant the Plants vs Zombies series to China, uh, and um, I-, I think maybe a couple other games. But that's the only one that they call out here. So I know Plants vs Zombies is like Zombies is very popular in China. So. Seems like there might be another report before we we totally move away from talking about these numbers where, like, if they break into the Chinese market, you have to imagine that this game is going to blow up even more than it already is. So, um, obviously a really big opportunity, and I thought just something that was cool cool to throw out there. Any takes on this? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for Respawn making more money. Tencent is scary big, but, um... As long as this doesn't lead to the problems PUBG had with, um, like, lots and lots of hackers and, like, cheaters playing in China. Yeah. My hope is that they'll just do, like, what it seems like they do with most of their games and just actually set up Chinese servers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like that was a bigger issue for PUBG just because they were so small, like, as a team. Whereas, like, EA definitely has the resources to be, like... Let's just make a Chinese version of the game. Yeah, you know, and, and not. And honestly, like with the great Chinese firewall and everything, a lot of games have to be done that way. So, it's just like most of the time, it's just more sensible for them to even want to do it that way because they can control like the IP addresses and stuff better. Yeah, and like as far as Tencent doing this, I'm not surprised. They have no. their hands in everything. They're the umbrella corporation of like they, not just games. I mean, like everything. So it's it's no no. Uh, Surprised that they want to have their hands in 25 million players jumped in. Like, damn, that's a gold mine. So, yeah, good for Respawn, man. Yeah, it's, uh, 
it's it's very interesting. I think Tencent is a big question mark in the video game industry for me because like if they want to continue to just be like a sleeping giant and like inject cash to bring Chinese versions of American games over and like let the American side of the company do their thing, like I think that's a win win. It's just the more they own these companies outright or big portions of them, it's like ah, it's they're like Andy said, they're scary big. They own a shocking amount of the industry. Yeah, yeah. And it's been... Uh, it's not always, like, a slow crawl to what they've done. It's pretty aggressive. Like, you know, a lot of times they're just like, yeah, we're just going to own this whole thing. We just bought League of Legends. Right, right. Like, we own Riot now. Yeah, like, like it's, 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 whoa, it's, shit. It's a big move most of the time, and it's not, like, once or twice, you know. Oh, like, oh, ten years ago they did this. Nah. <laughs> Every week, ten cent up to something. <laughs> yeah, they also bought, like, a huge stake in Reddit mm-hmm. recently. Yeah, yeah. It's true. They're just they're like, hey, we have lots of money. <laughs> money makes money. Yeah, that's yeah, no kidding. All right, so time for a little game, you guys. I think we've done this once before on the show, but there are two games that came out this week, uh, or like right about to come out. Um, so probably will be out by the time of this this uh, release. Um, so Far Cry New Dawn and Crackdown Three. Uh, both dropped on the 15th, so this Friday. Uh, reviews are out, and I wanted to play a little game that uh, we like to play over on the Comics Pals when a movie comes out, where I want you guys to guess the Metacritic score. <laughs> so I want you to guess the critical score and then the user score. Ah, oh, man. I don't know shit about Crackdown 3. I know too 3. much about Crackdown 3, <laughs> but nothing about Far Cry. So, mm. so for, Far- for the Metascore... It's on a 100-point scale. Yeah. The user score is on a 5-point scale. All right. Or no, 10-point okay. scale. Ten. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Um, but it's like a 10-point scale Still with it's like... it's a 100-point scale. It's like a... It's a 100-point scale in 10s. <laughs> I you guess know? You. So it's I like mean. 26 would be 2.6. It's dumb. But that's that's what it is. And just for the sake of like this guessing game, yeah. I'd like you to All guess right. in that format. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And we're gonna we're gonna do uh, what is it? Price is right rules. So you know, mm-hmm. closest without going. Right, Thompson, you want to go see. first? Yeah. Uh, so we'll start with Far Cry. Yeah, New New Dawn's the like the the DLC is already finished, right? For like Far Cry Five. Yeah, this is like the like, like the primal um, where it was like a new yes, game. Yeah, yeah, and it was right. like the one with like all the pink stuff, right, and right, there was right. like the, the two women on the cover yeah. that were the bad guys. And all right, I'm gonna give I'm gonna say for the meta, this is get this gets an 89 for New Dawn. Okay, out of 100, right? Yeah, yeah. And what do you think about the user score? Seven. Okay, I'm gonna go. Andy, 90. We're playing Price is Right rules. I'm going to use Price is okay. Right strategies. I see. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll go. I think the user score is probably closer to like an 8.5. Okay. All right. Oh, no. So you were both very wrong. <laughs> uh, the the meta score is a uh, really like disappointing 73. That's not it's like very middling. It, it like kills me that that's disappointing. Now we need average games, and we need to let games be average <laughs> without it being bad. Like <laughs> mid seventies is solid to me. Fine, you know. Did yeah, anyone expect fine. Far Cry New Dawn? It's fine. I think it's disappointing fine. for a Far Cry. Yeah, 
I, I'm pretty sure I for was... like a Far Cry or like a Ubisoft game, like that's disappointing. Is what the, you know? He... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I I guess it's just like I, I think you're probably right, Andy. I was never expecting it to be like more than like fine because like Far Cry Five was just like okay, like it was solid. So it's like you know how much better is this gonna be? Um, but I was thinking it would be around the same in terms of quality. I was thinking it'd be like an eighty, like maybe an eighty-five, like seventy-three. It's like ooh, ugh, I don't know. Yeah, interesting. What's the? Uh, I don't know. What's the user score? Uh oh, it's it's way lower. Oh, it's no. two point six. Oh my god! <laughs> but I ooh. I think it's worth pointing out. I I don't know. I I. I feel like there's definitely a, I don't know, like, (laughs) I'm just saying this, like, without a lot of, like, real, like, thought process, there's a lot of backlash about this game, about the fact that there were two female villains as the leads. So, like, I wonder if there's a lot of people who are just like, this game's fucking trash, SJW zero. Because there's a lot of, there's, like, if you just look at it, there's nine positive reviews, and they're all, like, tens or eights or whatever, and then like twenty five negative, and they're all just zero, and I'm just like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, straight zeros, especially. I don't know. I, I can see where you're coming from. Uh, that's that's me. Just I'm not saying this is a, this is not like an Alex Jones tinfoil hat moment, but you might be onto something. I might be onto something. You might be onto something there. All right, so for Crackdown, Crackdown place three, your bets, boys. Which Crackdown three. I yeah. didn't even know it was coming out. Um. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I wonder. I wonder why they right, quietly I'll, released it. Oh, uh, give it a <laughs> sixty-five out of a hundred. Okay. I'm lowering expectations for this one. And users, I'm just gonna give it a five. Do a fifty-four. Okay. Uh, three point one. Okay, Andy wins this round. Oof. The the meta score is sixty. Okay. Uh, not great for a game that's been in development for that long, and four point one for the user score. Jeez. Yeah. So you picked two stinkers. <laughs> that's what came out this week, man. Yeah, I know. It just happened games, to be that way. These games so I actually played not well like received. A tiny bit of crackdown. <laughs> like not enough to form an opinion on it, but then put it down because it was so bad. It's 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 on the Xbox Game Pass. Oh, really? I. I'm surprised you didn't Again, bring it up. I didn't in the like, way you're playing play enough to want to talk. It's about so unforgettable. It. Like, it's bad. It doesn't look <laughs> good. It doesn't feel good. It just is bad. Damn. I was excited for that game. I liked the first two. So it's Crackdown. It's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Crackdown one was really fun. Two was like, mm, but and like Terry Crews, love yeah, him. Like that. That's. Yeah, I like. <sighs> but did anyone think this game was going to be good at this oh, point? Maybe. Like really, you know. I feel like I feel like this was really just like a shitter get off the pot moment at this point where it's like the game is technically complete. We need to just put it out because like that they've delayed it like what three times, and I feel like every time we see it, it looks a little worse. That feels about right. <laughs> I think so, I think the game might have like be in the wrong era if that makes sense. Like the first two were really fun, but like you don't see the crazy games like that coming out like that anymore and they delayed it so many times that the hype just died you know i don't know like if there was a saints row near it or anything to keep the 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 livelihood around one of these everyone's everyone that wants to play you know the game like this i I feel like they they definitely had to wait way too long for three and it did not look great 
from what the little bit I've seen. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Oh well. I might I might still give New Dawn a try if I have a gap, but I I mean that like, one I'm, I'm surprised you haven't, honestly. I just have other games. Like I haven't finished Kingdom Hearts, I haven't finished yeah, Red Dead. Like I've I've got a lot of shit in my pocket, you know. Far it's Cry like, guy. <laughs> I know I love Far Cry, but I didn't play Primal either, so it's like oh, okay. if yeah. if if I if I had an open spot, I would definitely be playing it right now. True. But the fact that I have other new things to play, it's kinda like, eh, do I really need another game in the Far Cry engine right now? Like, no. I played the DLC, like I I, I got a lot of Far Cry five in my veins last year, so hmm. we'll see what happens. I might get around to it, but uh those middling reviews have not like ignited of oh man, I, I'm missing out, I gotta go play it. It's like, eh, maybe I'll skip this one. Uh, so next up on the docket, uh, apparently, Mass Effect is uh, th- w- they're at least thinking about taking Mass Effect uh, off ice now, right? So uh, if you guys remember, right around the time that Andromeda came out, there was kind of the announcement that like they were going to be putting a pause on Mass Effect for for a while, and uh, we had an interview with Polygon last week where Mark Dura who's the executive producer on Anthem and, and the Dragon Age franchise, said that, uh, that Bioware is, quote, definitely not done with Mass Effect. And he said that um, we could pull on threads we put down with Andromeda. We could pull on threads for Mass Effect 3. There's a lot of interesting space to be explored. And then Casey Hudson, who's the general manager over at Bioware, another one of the, you know, like, old bloods there, uh, said that the franchise is, quote, very much alive. I'm thinking all the time about things that I think will be great. It's just a matter of getting back to it as soon as we can. Um, so I, I think it was kind of a foregone conclusion that there would be more Mass Effect at some point. But I you know, I, I think anybody who was paying attention during that time was right to be concerned about the future of the franchise a little bit. Because, you know, obviously Mass Effect 3, I think at least Andy and I... Really enjoyed it at the time. Thompson's come around on it after he, re- re- you know, <laughs> repaired some of the hurt from the ending. But Mass Effect 3 is a good game, despite the controversy around it. Uh, but then Andromeda was a flop, and, you know, they canceled that trilogy. So, oh man, you're like the closest thing to an Andromeda Defender I've ever seen in the wild, too. Oh, uh, I mean, I, I wanted to like that game so badly. I tried so hard. And I just, like, I couldn't get past the gameplay. It was just not fun. Yeah, I remember, I remember like, right after it came out, you were generally like, yeah, I mean, it's not good, but it's fine. Yeah, and I played it for a little while, and I was like, you know, like, I'm interested-ish in these stories. Some of these characters are okay. And I was like, maybe it's not as bad as people were saying. But that didn't make it good. Fair. You know, like, that didn't make it Mass Effect good. Where, like, I fucking hate the gameplay of Mass Effect 1, but the story was so good, I finished it anyway. Oh, that hurts me. The gameplay of Mass Effect 1 is so much fun. It's so bad. Um, but that's... I love it so that's much. That's not what we're here to talk about. Uh, obviously, there's not much news to this story, but I wanted to use this as a jumping-off point for this week's RANDOM QUESTION OF THE WEEK! So... Uh, Dura threw out, right, that there are options for the Mass Effect franchise moving forward. They could build off the story that they started in Andromeda. They could build off of, you know, the story of Mass Effect 3 and where they left it. Uh, they could go backwards in the timeline. So my question for you is, 
uh, you know, us three being big Mass Effect fans and no Sean this week, I figured this would be a good one. What do you want next for Mass Effect? And do you even want more Mass Effect? Oh, that's easy. an easy yeah, question. Easy. I definitely do want more Mass Effect, but what I want to see in a new Mass Effect is return to the gameplay of Mass Effect 1. So, <laughs> oh, you fucking wound me, sir. I want to see... <laughs> Make it a real RPG again. Listen, no. listen, Not a cover shooter with RPG elements. Listen, Pete. No. Pete, why did you get the first Mass Effect game? Because I wanted to play Mass Effect 2. Okay, you're wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> you get it because the first game was what you wanted. 2 was great. I'm not saying it. I like 2 better than 1, but, like, I would absolutely defend Andy's point. I want a oh. Mass Effect, like, like RPG, like that. <laughs> fucking fundamentally disagree with you and guys. And I want more Mass Effect and I want it to work like that and I want it well, to be like the Turian War with the humans or some shit in the past. So, that would be so fucking... So you so want it to go backward in time. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, it's like, I'm, dude, I don't want to see what happens past 3's ending because like, it's just so fucked and they're gonna have to try to ham-fist all this bullshit like, ah, oh, what happens to relays and this and that. And just like, let it be. It, You know, you, you kind of finished it, dude. Let's go, you know, there's so much more shit that they could explore on you know yeah there's definitely a lot of new directions they could go i have always felt like mass effect definitely had the the lore to like support a um like anthology series you, of just like if you just read the index the, the codex or whatever in like the game yeah. thing as you like played you'd be like oh my god i'm reading like a, a series of dune books practically they they flush the lore out from like the first game yeah. alone so well you know and Dragon Age too. They, you know, they they have a knack for doing that, and that's totally. why we like these games. You know, like the world that they yeah. built is something that feels lived in and has history, even if it's been ten seconds. And that's like kind of why I like one so much. You know, because it set that up for me. Like I loved two. I love Mass Effect One. I'm not saying I no, don't I, like I Mass Effect One. Mass Effect One's <laughs> gameplay is not good. Uh, but it like it's not bad. You're... Mass Effect One has one gameplay element that's not. It's good. it's All just right. it's, it's not like Dragon Age One. I mean, you know, like that's a different story. Mega. You know. Oh, with Dragon Age 1, which also has bad gameplay, but at least is more... Dragon Age 1, which also has better gameplay than the rest of the series? I'll give you that. I haven't played 3 yet, so I don't know. <laughs> I didn't like 3's gameplay very much. I like 2's hack and slash gameplay more than most people, but I prefer Dragon Age Origins. But Dragon Age Origins plays like a fucking MMO, and that's not what we're here to talk about. Mass Effect 1, let's talk about this now, because I said we weren't going to yeah. talk about it, and then Andy made that his suggestion. You guys are fucking high. <laughs> Like that <laughs> gameplay is not good, and like I'm, yes, I'm not, I'm not against there being more RPG elements, but like, oh my god, dude! Like you pick the sniper class and you can't fucking shoot a gun for the first like ten levels of your character. Well, I mean, like, obviously they would make the game not do that today. You but know? you're telling me that like you set up your backstory for Commander Shepard, right? Oh, like, you were a war hero, or you were this, or you were that, and this motherfucker can't even shoot a gun? He made it all the way through the academy and literally is someone who people know enough to make the first representative of an elite black ops, uh, like, organization, the first member of his race, of his species, and he can't fucking shoot a gun? He can't aim a gun? It's horrible. It's horrible, you guys. I mean... It's what it is. <laughs> yeah, and Why what it is is bad. Biotic. Or like, oh, like biotic. you can't you can't heal 
the other members of your party until you upgrade like this fucking obscure skill like 18 fucking charges so it's like oh cool by the time i'm in a point in the game where my fucking squad members are actually competent enough to not die every five fucking seconds i can i can finally heal them awesome okay so like a your squad members are plenty competent to not die every five seconds b you don't even need to fucking heal them. They pop up at, at, after the end of every fight. It's like, oh, I just got shot in the head yeah, five times. They're, they're, I'm they're back dead. Now. They don't care. What happens when you're in a fight and you need them to not be dead? Boss up. And also, <laughs> also, good. your fucking health doesn't come all the way back after the end of the fights in Mass Effect 1. They stand back up with limited health. So every fucking encounter you go into, my man Garrus gets iced until we're like level 40. Playful Biotic. Also, the Mako it's sucks. Game. It's an incredible game. The Mako sucks. But, you know, like, honestly, so I'll defend the Mako even. Scanning I actually like planets it. in Mass Effect 2. I'm sorry, what, Andy? So did scanning planets in Mass Effect 2. Yeah, but like at least you got to scan Uranus. That's cool. That was funny. Yeah. You didn't like in but 1 I'll... being able to go to any random chucklefuck planet and just drive around the Mako and stuff? I really no. like that. <laughs> I hate that so Occasionally much. Occasionally fight a sandworm from dude. I, I'm not. I'm not kidding. I like literally like the Mako. Like I know. I hate the Mako. Everyone talks shit. I, but. The Mako's the worst part of the game, and it's like, and it's my, it's my biggest pet peeve in a game when they establish a mechanic like that, and you don't have any option to not engage with it. Oh, because like that's that mission where you have to drive up the fucking mountain, and it's like I would try to get out of the tank, and it's like, no, Shepard, you're gonna freeze. No, 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 no. You know what get you do? back in here. It's like, oh. no, you know what you gotta do in that. You cheese this. You cheese the XP, man. You fucking shoot everything near dead with the Mako because it's like got a rad cannon. Then you pop out and ice it with your gun, and you get full XP because you get half XP for being the Mako. So it was a cheese thing. Man, I would drive that Mako, and I would take out. Super high level shit and pop like five levels and shit because I'd pop out the last second, pistol it, and it's like, oh, you're not supposed to kill it on your foot, but I just did, motherfucker. Like, sounds like Thompson would like Mass Effect Andromeda because for some reason they thought it would be a good thing to bring back the one aspect of Mass Effect no, that no, no, nobody no, no. likes. I'm saying that game is all Mako. That's that's a problem. I'm saying, but the parts I relished in the two <laughs> segments where like you got to drive down the stupid Geth bridge or whatever on that one planet constantly. The the big things were that. Yeah, there's the ice planet and the lava yeah, planet yeah. where you have to do I, those and they're Dude, terrible. I love those parts. I actually love those parts. <laughs> Fucking terrible. But it's like, that's, that's why Mass Effect is such a slog. It takes like 50 levels for your character to get decent. Nah. You have to drive that stupid tank. Nah, nah. It doesn't take that long. You just get Mass good. Effect one is, I don't know, man. <laughs> Mass Effect 1 is fucking frustrating, you guys. <sighs> I, I love the story of Mass Effect, but like, man... Like, I'm planning to replay those games right now because I want to replay them with Sarah. And, like, I don't want to play Mass Effect 1. Wow. You're wrong. Like, I'm about to just be like, all right, babe, let's watch a YouTube video that just recaps the whole story. Man. And then I'll start with Mass Effect 2, which is the good one. If you don't – oh, God, that's mean. But if you don't, uh, you know, get that romance in the first game and feel it and get to the second one – and, you know, have the full triple romance, you're wrong. You can't just watch a YouTube video and pick even, it up. You can't even romance the best companion in Mass Effect 1, is my only Yeah? Wait, wait. Complaining. Yeah. Wait, Andy. Best com- who is the best companion? I'm curious. Let's talk. Yeah. Wait. Come on. No, you guys, you guys are roboting out. I I can't hear. Oh, you can't even ro- uh, romance Tali. Oh, thank God, it's Tali. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dude, hell yeah. Okay, She's no. Easily we can all best. agree on something. Thank God. Or, and, like... If you're playing Femtrip, you also can't romance Garrus in Mass Effect 1. That's okay. Really? For me. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. I, I never uh, wanted to can... burden him with the with the uh, the romance option. 
Yeah. Never in, wanted to burden him with Effect love. One, you can romance the opposite gender human crew member or Liara. That, I think that's, that's really dumb. Oh well. Yeah. But anyway, so Andy, uh, what do you what are your thoughts on in terms of like timeline? In terms of timeline, uh, what I'd love to see, and nobody would ever make it because it's a game that probably only I would love, is a sort of like short story collection of RPGs set during the other trilogy of just like side stories of things oh, that are going okay. on. I think that'd be like, cool. Like, you know, uh, a five, six hour segment of like, oh, you're this squad left defending Earth when the Reapers show up after Shepard just fucking bails or, like... I feel like that would work really well as, like, a game, honestly. Like As a whole game, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, you, like... Because, like I said, I, I think, like, the anthology style would work really well for Mass Effect instead of trying to establish another trilogy. Like, just do a game about the human army during the Reaper attack. Or, like, do a game about the first contact war. Yeah, you yeah know? that's or, what... That's what I was thinking about before. Like, I don't want a trilogy about the Turing War. That's too much. You know, yeah. I mean, like, we got to start it and wrap it up in one game. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Or, like, the Krogan Rebellion. Yeah, okay. Like, there's all that plenty stuff. of, like, there's, you know, that's the thing. So there are many... so many, like, points in the history of Mass Effect that have been established that you could just pick, like, on a fucking just roulette wheel, practically, and get something solid out of it. And there's so many, like, wars, especially, that were talked of, and people are like, oh my god, half the universe died in that war every, every fucking... 20 years there's another like galactic war so yeah and i would really love to get a chance to play as not a human i yeah honestly that was my like i was cool with it i got it the storyline of mass effect why it made sense you were a human and it's like you're the shepherd everything in the original trilogy i think you you should have had to be a human yeah absolutely but i i think after you in two i mean as cool as that was for an intro you're like I think that'd be the coolest thing ever. They're like, yeah, I mean, like we tried to like bring you back from the dead man, and it's like you're you're like a Turian now. I don't know, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> you know, it's like they they fucking genetically and bionically and everything else brought you back from literally death after flying through a planet. So, like, why not? You know, at that point, you're already in super science. Might as well. I would. I think it would be really fun to like play like a game as like young Morden, like during. The- oh man. You know the Krogan Wars and stuff. What, or, what like, a guy! You know, Let me tell you, man. Or like, <sighs> play- here's here's a hot one. Give me Mass Effect Rising Revengeance, where you play as. Uh... <laughs> oh, what was that fucking god. ninja's name in Mass Effect Three? Oh 3 my god! That ruined everything. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Um, oh my god, they're. I want to say Luke Kang. It's but not Luke Kang. Oh, he was fighting in another realm, it. and he. <laughs> Jeez, uh, I know you're talking. I know the guy or the character you're talking about. Um, jeez, man. Well, Kai Lang. Oh, oh okay. yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think that as a thing would work really well too. Like a um, like Solus, a star- uh, Mass Effect story. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you know, like that, that's a prequel anthology series I could get behind. That alone, like his his life from beginning to end would be a game, and it's like. I'm sold. Like you, you know, like I, I didn't care for the uh, the Solarians that much in one. But by the time that he joined my party, I was like, God damn, these people got my heart. You know, this guy especially. Yeah. You know, he's he's amazing. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel like that's a really like that's another really huge unexplored thing that they could totally get a lot of mileage out of, in my opinion. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then the only other thing for me is like, 
I again, I would love to see them develop two distinct series, like one that moves forward and one that explores backward. Like I think there's per- that's perfect for Mass Effect. Um, and I, I I would like to see them. I think just abandon Andromeda. Oh yeah, I, for me, I, I think it's it's just not. It didn't work. Like let's just. Oh man, that ship we sent off to Andromeda. Never heard from them again. Yeah, like yeah. like most things. Like, why not? Yep. Right in like, the universe, you know. Yeah. Like, I know they already said that they're, they're, like, releasing a comic to, like, end the story, basically. So it's like, just do that. Like, let's just wrap it up and everybody died. The end. Fuck. (laughs) So my concern with them moving forward with Mass Effect is if you do that, you have to pick an ending and make it canon. Yeah, that's that's an issue I have as well because, uh, I mean, the prospect of the storylines they set up where they're, like, um... What's the uh, captain's name? They're very different. Yeah, endings. like the cycle starts over yeah. or it doesn't. Right. And then there's a lot of variation within that. Yeah. I mean, there, there was... It's either... There's no synthetic life. There was something... There was something I saw, and I, I can't confirm if it's, like, canon or not, but it was an argument for which one of the endings was, was canon. And I think the uh, the synthetic one ended up being the the pick for it or for whatever reason i mean that Um, makes sense that's like the secret ending right you know yeah yeah it's like the third way ending i don't know on the other hand would you guys have a problem with that if they decided this is definitively that what happened and we're moving forward it would yeah it wouldn't be like ideal but it's not like it's not a hot button issue for me you know because like they're they're ambiguous enough that they can be like you know that the story is your own and there's only like three there isn't twenty endings if there was like a, you know a lot of endings I would be a little bit more upset but you know they're they're all pretty logical endings you know and stories can only end in so many ways and really like you said it's the cycle ends or it doesn't or they're synthetic and it's like that's the most you know to to pick one of them really doesn't sound egregious yeah I agree because like. I don't know, as long as they didn't canonize that the Reapers win and the cycle starts over, I'd be okay with it. I mean, that's a little bit bullshit because it does feel cheap. Everything you did doesn't matter, but... Uh, yeah, that would that would bother me. But I think smart, either yeah. being like... That's like the secretest of secret endings, too. What? That one's like the secretest <laughs> secret <laughs> yeah. That's a oh, deep what, cut ending. Because that, that's, that's the one you get if you don't pick anything or shoot the kid. Yeah. But it doesn't like tell you that's an option yeah because the other one is just destroy all the reapers and all the robots destroy all the reapers and all the robots or shepherd becomes all of the reapers or you merge organic and synthetic life right yeah like i i'd be okay with any of those i feel like the implications of any of them would work moving forward it's like you move forward and oh no all the geth are dead but maybe they're not oh no maybe the reapers are too ah! you know like there's so many things you could do i don't know oh that would feel i don't know that would feel cheap and i would not want to do reapers again yeah i'm done with reapers honestly unless they're like yeah. in the past for whatever reason one of them has like a subtle influence on something where it's not like you know you could you, you know that would be fine to have nods to them if there was anything else referenced but like going forward i don't want it to be reapers man i'm good like i'd be cool like going into another reaper's body or something like that or like maybe yeah yeah finding, there's like, things like you could do yeah there's a lot or, of their like, story fighting one of them yeah they're like oh there's still one left dude Fuck. i mean the, like, the derelict reaper you go into alone you know in, in two is like you know there, there's moments like that and two i think in three actually whatever um 
either way, there's there's tons of stuff that they've influenced the universe on where they can interact with the universe and not be the main antagonist. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, so if you guys want to let us know your thoughts on a new Mass Effect and what you'd want to see from it, remember you can hit us up at thevideogamepals.gmail.com or get us in the comments down below, any of those, those ways I mentioned earlier. All right, so moving right along, now we get to the part of the show where we talk about a bunch of really sad news and then Nintendo. Oh, wow. <laughs> What a, what a uh, switch of gears, man. Uh, well, you know, I don't want to leave us on a down note. I hate when the last topic is just, like, depressing. Yeah, I know. I appreciate it. It's nice. So, uh, so uh, we've got a update on a story we talked about a few weeks ago where um, the Fresh Prince actor, Alfonso Ribeiro, who, you know, you might know as Carlton, uh, was suing Fortnite over the appropriation of the Carlton dance that he created for his character during his time on the Fresh Prince. And um, it's the copyright office has refused his reg- uh, registration for a copyright, which is something that I think that we kind of we kind of talked about in our previous episode about how hard it is to uh, to copyright a dance and that he would be definitely facing like an uphill battle. Um, so I'll just read a bit from the article and then, you know, we can we can talk about it. Uh, the U.S. Copyright Office is skeptical about Fresh Prince of Bel-Air actor Alfonso Ribeiro's ownership claim over the signature Carlton dance, which became famous after a 1991 episode of the Will Smith series. In correspondence last month with what surfaced... Oh, I'm sorry. In correspondence last month that was surfaced on Wednesday in California Federal Court, Saskia Florence, a supervisory registration specialist in the Office Performing Arts Division, told Ribeiro's attorney that registration must be refused because his claimed choreographic work was, quote, a simple dance routine. The dancer sways their hips as they step from side to side while swinging their arms in an exaggerated manner, Florence wrote here. In the second dance step, the dancer takes two steps to each side while opening and closing their legs and their arms in unison. In the final step, the dancer... So you get it. We're describing the, the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the combination of these three dance steps is a simple routine that is not registrable as a choreographic work. So uh, this is also kind of like... It, it, it had a little bit of a snowball effect. It says uh, here, Take-Two Interactive, publisher of the game NBA 2K, is now seizing upon the refusal in support of the argument that movements for the Carlton dance are not protectable. Ribeiro is uh, suing Take-Two as well, or, I'm sorry, as the publisher of Fortnite over special features that allow game players to have their avatars perform the dance. So, you know, we talked about this a bit. There's also, like, the, the 2 Millie case, uh, which also got rejected earlier this week. So it seems like we're kind of, I don't know, winding down on um, on, on what's going on here. But... Uh, it's it's definitely it's it's definitely interesting too because like they they add this thing here where uh so there are particular con- contentions directed at Ribeiro's claim. For instance, the fact that the Carlton Dance made its initial initial appearance on a nationally televised show is no small thing. Ribeiro quote admits to creating the alleged dance which they put in quotes. It's a dance, guys. Come on. Uh, for the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air series, but did not try to register that dance with the copyright office, presumably because he knows that he does not own the copyright, states the motion. The copyright notice for the episode in which it first appeared lists solely National Broadcasting Company, Inc. Thus, plaintiff's copyright claim uh, claims fail as his allegation that the dance was created for an episode owned by NBC means that he has not plausibly alleged ownership of a valid copyright. 
So that is kind of like the nail in the coffin here that even if it was copyrightable, he doesn't necessarily have a clear claim to it anyway because he created it while he was doing work for hire for NBC. Uh, so what, uh, I don't know, any, any thoughts on this? I know there's not really too, too much to add, but it felt like a thing we should update us, our, our listeners on. Yeah. Um, I, I've said it before on this show and I'll say it again. These were always loser lawsuits. Um, I, I really feel for all these people who are suing Epic Games, but I think they got taken for a ride by their lawyer, um, because they all have the same lawyer. And it was just never going to go well for them. Yeah, man. yeah, it's unfortunate. You know, I think I made my position on this issue pretty clear when we talked about the, the story initially, so I won't belabor it here. But I just think this is really unfair. I think the, the rules for copywriting dances seem pretty restrictive. I definitely understand the idea of not copywriting, like, individual movements and stuff like that. But I feel like if you can look at something and identify that it that's the Carlton dance from Fresh Prince, then that's a pretty distinct thing, isn't it? I mean, yeah, but on the other hand, it's like, uh, I think the analogy that I would use would be copywriting something like a blast beat in metal music. It's like, oh, that guy came up with blast beats. He's the only one that can do blast beats. Hmm. I, just, I guess I guess I see what you're saying. I, I I just feel like no. I mean I guess that's fair because that's like a building block of creating more music. Yeah, it's 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 the sort of like ultimately art and expression and especially things like music and dance. There's sort of a finite number of building blocks, and it depends on where you draw the line of what can be protected. Uh, because you want to protect things and encourage people to keep creating, but at the same time, you don't want to protect things so much that nobody can ever use anything or grow. Yeah, and obviously, like, I <laughs> I also, like, am a big believer in, like, fair use and, like, not being su- super restrictive with copyright. So I recognize it's definitely a – it's a complex conversation, you know? But I guess, like, when I think about mm-hmm. it, the Blast Beats comparison that you made to me, that feels more like – the swinging his arms thing is a thing that, like, you shouldn't be able to copyright because it is – that is a building block of dance, right? Whereas the combination of those three distinct moves that were described, that feels more protectable to me because it's, like, a thing that's identifiable. Whereas, like, I think, like, to keep with the drum comparison, like, something like the beat and, like, come together, you know? Like, that's a very, like – those separate parts are not things that should be like quote unquote copyrightable, but like the doom doom like that's like a hook in a song, you know? And like I feel like if you can hear something or see something and immediately be like, that's this, that to me feels like different. But I guess I understand wanting to err on the side of caution to not limit artistic expression, you know? Yeah, and, like, do I think these guys should be getting paid? Yeah, probably. But it's it's one of those things where, uh, because the law has to apply across the board, like, I'd rather, like, see these guys get shafted than less people coming up with dances because 
more yeah. litigious people could sue them. Yeah, and I think like we'd have to there'd have to be a significant rewrite to how like copyrights are interpreted and protected and stuff like that, which is something that we're not going to do over dances in Fortnite, you know? So, it's unfortunate. Um I do feel like it feels unfair and I wish that Epic would do something to kind of like be the bigger guy in in this conversation, but you know, they're a company, they're not expected to do that. Uh so moving into a much sadder story, um no offense Alfonso, big fan. Uh so we talked last week about the layoffs that were scheduled to come to Activision Blizzard and that they would probably be happening on Tuesday, the date of the last airing of the show. And they have happened and they are staggering. They are bigger than we thought. And it's it's bad. So let's, let's dive into it and, you know, uh, we'll talk about this issue once we're all caught up. So as you can imagine... I'll be pulling from some work by Jason, what a real video games journalist Schreier looks, uh, wait, looks like Schreier, uh, because he did some great coverage around this story. And then we'll pull in some other quotes and, you know, we'll talk about it. So, um, Jason tweeted out his article on the subject and said, Activision Blizzard has started the layoff process. In a letter to staff just now, Blizzard President J. Allen Brack informed the company of layoffs and promised a comprehensive severance package to those who are losing their jobs. Uh, Activision Blizzard says that despite its record year, it's laying off 8% of staff. Last year, it had roughly 9,600 employees, which means that 800 people are losing their jobs. Updating here as we learn more. So uh, jumping into the article, um, essentially, th- this is the part I wanted to highlight because uh, the opening is kind of summarizing a lot of those other points. And again, I'm not going to read from the entire article. Come check it out for yourself. Um, but on an earnings call, Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotrick told investors that the company had, quote, once again achieved record results in 2018, but that the company would be consolidating and restructuring because of mixed expectations for 2018 and lowered expectations for 2019. The company said it would be cutting mainly non-game development departments and bolstering its development staff for franchises like Call of Duty and Diablo. Development sources from across the industry called to told Kotaku this afternoon that the layoffs have affected Activision Publishing, Blizzard, King, and some of Activision Studios, including High Moon. At Blizzard, the layoffs appear to have only affected non-game development departments, such as publishing and esports, both of which were expected to be hit hard. And then we have a quote from Blizzard's president. Uh, over, uh, it's, his name's Jay Allen Brack, in case you didn't know, sorry. Um, so this is like an internal note that he sent to staff that uh, Kotaku was able to obtain. Over the last few years, many of our non-development teams expanded to support various needs. Currently, staffing levels on some teams are out of proportion with our current release slate. This means we need to scale down some of our areas of organization. I'm sorry to share that we will be parting ways with some of our colleagues in the U.S. today. In our regional offices, we anticipate similar evaluations subject to local requirements. Uh, So again... There was the, uh, quote, comprehensive severance package that that Jason mentioned. Apparently, there's going to be continued health benefits, career coaching, and job placement assistance, as well as profit-sharing bonuses for the the previous year to those who are being laid off at Blizzard. Uh, Blizzard employees reportedly received twice yearly bonuses based on how the company performed financially. Quote, there's no way to make this transition easy for impacted employees, but we are doing what we can to support our colleagues, Brack wrote. So... 
uh, there's a little more context here from Jason. You know, you can go check that out for yourself. Uh, he does great work. And I did just want to read a few more comments. Uh, Editor-in-chief at Waypoint, which is the, like, vice imprint, um, Austin Walker, took to Twitter and said, Roughly 800 people losing their jobs today despite bringing in record revenue for their employer. Unionize this industry now. Um, so this is obviously a really devastating, uh, devastating layoff. And, you know, there are so many people affected by it. And, you know, it's, it's sad. It's sad news. And we're always sad to hear about these kinds of layoffs. It's always sad to hear people that are are out of work and are now, you know, going to have to struggle to, to find, you know, hopefully another job in the games industry, you know, um, but, you know, just something that where they can land on their feet. So I'd like to start by saying, you know, and I know it's like a hollow thing sometimes, but like, you know, our thoughts are with these people and, you know, I, I wish them the best of luck because, you know, this is a devastating thing to happen to anybody, let alone somebody who's like, you know, seemingly working at a, a dream job, you know? So, um, what, what are your guys' initial reactions to this? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, same, same deal with Pete, you know, I, I was, uh, you know, feel for this kind of problem, uh, especially hurts because it's from Blizzard and, like, I grew up with them, so I hate to see someone that I give a shit about, you know, fail. Um, especially with the news of, you know, last week we were talking about the egregiously large bonuses and stuff, so... Uh, especially sucks knowing that, like, there are probably a lot of these people who live in California, which is incredibly hard to live in financially, and they just lost their jobs. Thankfully, that severance package does sound really helpful. At least they're yeah. gonna get some, you know, like, that's one of the... Be- out of all the um, layoffs and like things we've heard in the last like you know year, this is that's one of the better um, things I've heard out of all of them. The job yeah, placement it does alone, sound like they're at least making an effort to help yeah, these yeah. people. Jo- land on job their placement, feet. huge healthcare. You know that could kill someone as far as the cost goes alone. And literally, if you didn't have it, you know, like and something happened, you're out for the rest of your life paying a bill. So uh, those two things alone are great, and they're going to get some kind of financial help from the uh uh profit shares or whatever so that's great news uh but damn dude like almost 800 people uh you know close to 10 percent of the whole company like that is insane that's a big cut you know and um i i just wonder like how many of them could have stayed if like even even a million dollars less to that one bonus you know like it's it's crazy how big of a cut this is so i honestly though yeah it's it, it's shocking, but it's almost not expected to me because the way that they treated heroes with the esports kind of just shutting down, it's like that's you don't need as many people now, and that makes a lot of sense, you know. And it, you can see the dominoes lined up if you like, you know, re- remember the, some of the things that have happened in the past. It makes a lot of sense. That's the first place to go, like they said. Um, right. Like one of the things we talked about too is how there is that mandate for them to ship more games right. and cut costs. Yes. Easy way to cut costs is to fire a bunch of people that are like deemed yeah, non essential. Absolutely, you know, especially from a department that you just tanked. So, <laughs> right, yeah, it's like it's pretty obvious that's where that was going to go. And like, do do they need a huge esports department if Overwatch is the only esport successful game that they have? True. No. And uh, yeah, that that's my initial thoughts. All right, so I'm going to say two things um, that are sort of at odds with each other. One is, 
I like feel for all of the people out there, and like this is why game devs need to unionize. Yep, but be careful—you uh, get thrown in jail for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean, they can't throw me in jail. They could fire yeah, me. Yeah, true. If I, <laughs> I don't. Uh, second is like I don't think that I don't know. This was some malicious shareholder value cutting layoff. Like their esports department wasn't making money, and it's not like they came in and were like. Hots is beloved. Let's slash it. It's Hots is losing money supporting this esports scene. We're, so let's like cut our losses. Yeah. and I, I think that is something that's interesting. Like considering like the way we talked about it last week, where like you know the timing of it seemed very suspect. You know, yeah. And like to your point though, like you're right. Like you don't need hundreds of people for an esports department to support one game. Right. And, like, there's another article this week that Blizzard's not publishing a game this yep. year. And it's like, you're cutting people mostly from publishing in esports when you have one esport that is, like, also kind of on the rocks right now? Yeah. Oh, uh, Overwatch is definitely way down from its peak viewers. Um, personally, I think the global Overwatch League was maybe a mistake. Mm. But... Uh, that's neither here nor there. And, like, yeah, sure, like, you're making record money, but it's the C-suite executive's jobs to make more money and cutting, essentially, the fat. Well, yeah, it doesn't of... make sense to have a department that's bleeding dry. Yeah, like, if you have a department that's bleeding you dry and a department that is functionally useless, at least for this year, like... Uh, you cut staff, and it sucks, and... Like, this is what, I don't know, this is what management does. I think the thing that, that rubs me the wrong way about it with that added context, you know, is that, like, why did you hire so many people, you know? It, it could be a culture yeah, thing, like, Blizzard doesn't half-ass anything, you know, a lot of times, like, when they make a game, maybe they just go all in, maybe they're like, fuck it, we're gonna esport this shit up, and we're gonna hire 800, you know, or not 800, but, you know, maybe 400 of them were esport-related uh, stuff, you know, maybe they just set up, like, a real department, and they didn't, you know, skimp, and maybe they just... I don't know. I'm just that's an idea. I'm not. Yeah, it is a lot of people, and it, that's, I was thinking that too. Like it's it's optimistic. Yeah, it's they optimistic. were optimistic about the success. Yeah, and it's like it, you know companies do it all the time where they set things up, and if it fails, it fails, and and they can still continue, and it's a branch of them. And uh, I just imagine with Blizzard that they tend to take as long as they need to take for a game, and if they want to set up a division of something, it takes a lot of people, and I imagine that they just said screw it, just put as many people as you need, you know, and and that's why it became bloated and if they like i totally get it man it, like you know you're gonna shut down an area of the of the thing it's not making money whatever that's fine um you know that's just how it works you know it ebbs and flows and i i just think though that like like a really with like the bonuses and stuff really kill me because like i get you get bonuses but like seriously like even like a, a, like a percentage off of that, a very small percentage off yeah could have restructured it a different way you know i don't know i mean it's just, just that's the only spot that ever bugs me about this kind of stuff, but it is, yeah. this is one of the more, I think, cut and dry things, you know, with, I agree with you on that, on that <clears throat> regard, because I think like, if every one of the C level executives took a million dollar cut, right? I'm, like, yeah. Even, how, no, many, I mean, how many jobs could you, even, even the, you know, even two people getting like 20 million each, even if you took 1 million or even half, you know, 500,000 off each of you. So it's a million. I, I mean, I just wonder 
truly how much could you get done, you know, internally with that. And I get it. Like I said, the department, if it's not usable and there's no one there for it, those people got to go either way, I suppose. Right. And that's, a, yeah, to Andy's point, that's true. Right. That, like if there isn't work for those people to be done, they Absolutely. don't need them. Yeah. But maybe they could have, you know, said, well, you've got our skills and you could, you could do this for this, or they could like, you know, internally shift them around to do something yeah. else. Um, because the easiest thing is to cut labor cost, and I get that. But that's the only thing I wonder if it didn't have to be as severe. You know, if they if they did hit their like limit on what they said, oh, we need to get rid of six hundred, and they're like, mm, but we can get two hundred more. And really, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how that works. So, oh well. But yeah, I think just the final takeaway is obviously just you know, um, it's unfortunate whenever this happens, mm-hmm. and. 800 people out of a job overnight is like that's it's a horrible situation because you know i think so many people are not gonna land on their feet because it's impossible there's yeah the job placement and everything else there's no way you're gonna get 800 people in that tight you know maybe you get half of them but that'd be great if you could you know yeah and i i that that's my one hope is just that you know that these people uh, are able to use these resources that Activision Blizzard is providing to land on their feet and hopefully find another job and you know keep on rocking in the free world. <laughs> uh, so again, best of luck to all those affected, and uh, yeah, and join a union. Yeah, game devs need to unionize. That's that's the takeaway here is that C level executives need to do their jobs and unions exist to protect people from them doing their jobs. All right, so our last topic this week is going to take us into our meat and potatoes discussion about the February 13th Nintendo Direct. Finally! Man, it had been a while. We had not gotten a Nintendo Direct, like a true Nintendo Direct, since September, I want to say. might have been November. Um, But since the fall. Uh, So there was a lot that needed to get talked about. A couple surprises. A couple pretty big surprises. Uh, I know in the past, sometimes we've gone through, like, every single announcement during a Direct. We're not going to be doing that this time around. Uh, instead, I'm linking down below to uh, Nibble at Nibelian on Twitter. He did a great recap of all the announcements if you want to check them out for yourself. We're just going to kind of hit on all the games that are the biggest announcements, the stuff we're most excited about, and the stuff that, you know, we're eager to talk about. So let's start where the Direct did. Mario Maker 2. Oh. It's out, or not out, but it's real. It's coming. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, so, dude, I didn't have the joy of being able to play Mario Maker much because I didn't own that cruddy system, but I absolutely have to get this, and I think it's <laughs> going to take my life, and I'm scared. <laughs> I'm so fucking scared. I spent so many hours of on YouTube watching just Mario Maker stuff because I was like, God, I'm so amazed with this with this game and how many just like come on you're gonna make a second one on the switch it's it's a grand slam like it it's over (laughs) i'm gonna go in my hole never come out (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i I, i'm really excited for this one too i didn't spend much time with mario maker because like i was kind of over my wii u by the time it was popping off and uh i mean it's a it's a no-brainer right like this is one of the only original wii u ip and it was a huge success, despite the fact that it was on the Wii U. 
it was only a matter of time before it came to Switch. The thing I'm happy about is that it's not a port. I love that it's actually Mario Maker 2. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't it on like oh, the 3DS at some point as well? Yeah, and it was not very good. Mm, yeah. It was like it was still fun to play because it's still Mario, it was, but it was like it was very it was a very bones. neutered experience. You know, it was like Yeah. Um but they're adding some really cool stuff. They're adding slopes, adding some content from Super Mario World 3D. Um yeah, it looks great, man. Can't wait for it. Launching in June. I'm excited one of those all important like summer a proper spots. sequel and not just a like Mario Maker Deluxe. Which is what the rumors had been. Deluxe right? port. It, it was just yeah. gonna be Mario Maker. For a while. Yeah. I was thinking I that's that's what I had heard and what I was thinking as well. So yeah, that that was a really nice surprise. And I thought it was a really cool way to open the direct. That's just like cold open. Mario Maker two, we're not fucking around. Alright, like let's go. <laughs> yeah, drops the mic as soon as the thing starts and it has to repick it up because they got more to go. Also, they added Luigi to the art, so that's pretty good. Yeah, he's finally getting uh, on the cover. <laughs> it's not Mario Luigi and Luigi's too. Maker, though. It's just Mario Maker still. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's on the cover, and he's not mentioned, so he threw him a bone. That's what they should have called it, just saying. Uh, but yeah, so couldn't be more excited for that one. Um, I'm sure we'll talk more about it. Uh, so next up, we got Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Got a, a summer launch window. Um, looking a lot better than it did when we saw it last year. Yeah. Did it? You didn't think so? I, this is a game that I don't think I will be comfortable buying until I get my hands on it and actually play it. Cause like, I agree. It looks like, it looks fine. Like I understand that it's, the switch isn't a graphical powerhouse and there's a lot of things going on, but I don't know. It just, it didn't look great to me, but if it plays well, I don't care how it looks. I'm interested in it because it looks like they added, like, not too much, but, like, a little bit of the Dynasty Warriors, where the, the enemies kind of mob around you a little more, and, um, you know, it's... They, it's, like, move more. Yeah, it's, it, it, you know, when was the last time we had a, an Ultimate Alliance game, right? Like, that's, I'm excited for that, but, like, I, I do share concerns with it, like, it's not a, a instant sale for me. Um, I mean, I, I don't know that I'll buy this game. I didn't really like Marvel Ultimate Alliance 1 or 2, and everybody loves those games. I'm never... I'm, <laughs> Famously not a fan. Yeah, um, I know. <laughs> so if this Terrible. game is really good, like, I'm all in. Like, I love beat-em-ups, and, like, I think the Switch is a perfect home for a game like this because it's so easy to do multiplayer. But, um, yeah, I, I, when I say that I think it looks better, like, I thought it looked like a mobile game the first time we saw it, and I think it looks less like okay, a mobile that's game. Fair. So, yeah, so I, I, I'm, I, it looks more promising to me now than it did when we initially got the uh, this reveal. game so. looks i think to me right now like a like a case of beer for friends on a long weekend kind of game like i just agree burn through it all yeah. at once with some people you like and never touch it again there are worse ways to spend that time yeah i agree uh maybe i'll do that with you fine gentlemen um so next up at least from my list again if i'm skipping anything you guys are interested in feel free to jump in uh we got a little update about smash the version 3.0 update is uh coming this spring they weren't exactly clear on when it was coming um but the thing that i think we're all waiting to hear was that they did confirm that joker will be in smash before april is over so we're real close to that first dlc pack uh which is 
real exciting. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't want to talk about it a ton, but Pete, if you haven't played Box Boy, pick up Box Boy and Box Girl. You'll fucking love it. Oh yeah, I, I looked really good. I thought it it, it was it was interesting yeah, to me. Uh, Box Box Boy. You think it's a me game? Is one of the more fun platforming experiences I've ever had. Well, all right. Yeah, so Box Boy is a cute little platformer, and they added two player to it, so now it's Box Boy and Box Girl. Coming April twenty sixth. Check it out. But yeah. Andy, you hype for Joker? Oh, hell yeah. I wish they'd shown us what Joker's stage is going to be. Yeah. Uh, Especially because it's so close. Yeah. Like, just tell just me. Just tell me. I understand wanting it to be a you surprise, know, though. I think it's yeah. got to be the casino, right? That's what I'm thinking. Like, that or maybe the that yeah, room like, that you go with to. The room? With, yeah, 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 yeah. That would be cool, too. That'd be cool. But just the casino, that intro from Persona 5 is iconic, and you're already just on platforms dangling over stuff. Yeah, I just feel like the casino's like a no-brainer. Yeah. And, like, you, you play that main theme as, like, the primary piece of music, and, like, let's Hell go. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, Atlas has a better relationship with Nintendo, so or than Square Enix does, so hopefully we get more than two pieces of music. That would be nice. I can't believe for all of Final to, Fantasy, there's two pieces of music. I'm still Yeah, it's ridiculous. I have to feel like they will. Yeah. Like, music is such a big part of Persona. Like, why would they want to limit it? Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Uh, so next up, we got an update for Captain Toad uh, with some paid DLC that's available right now. Um, it adds additional courses. There's a, a two-player, um, like, special edition like update kind of thing so it's like every level in the game is now going to be playable is, is a two-player co-op thing they're adding more content to the game uh i never really played captain toad but i think this is just really interesting to like see how nintendo's strategy of like continuing dlc support is continuing to evolve yeah i I've, it's an interesting update to go through and make the whole thing like support two-player you know like to fundamentally change it like that is really cool yeah and especially that they're continuing to add courses to what's now like a few years old game. Yeah, like it's really great, neat, man. Um, so Thompson, this one should be interesting to you. Bloodstained Symphony of the Night. Yep. Well, uh, you know, uh, this is apparently finally launching after like eight years in development. Dude, you know you gotta be patient with things that are great. So I'm just saying, like, I am one thousand percent hype on this game, and everything about it's great. Yeah, I just. I I I can't speak enough praise for this. <laughs> so I hope you'll join me in the mad rantings Wait, when is I play. Is it really it. called just <laughs> Symphony of the Night? Yeah, that's isn't dude, that a Castlevania game? Yeah, well, this is this is basically. I mean, dude, the one picture isn't it? Even, isn't it Bloodstained Symphony of the Night? I'm I'm pretty sure Ritual of the Night. Maybe I don't know. There Ritual. Was, there was a oh, um, this up. another one that has a very similar name that was like the um, the sprite. It's Ritual. It's Ritual of the Night. Oh, yeah. Okay. You're right. Sorry. But I mean, you know, even the one picture from the the link you have uh, sent on this for from Nibble, like the the picture of of her sitting on the chair is from the library thing from from Symphony of the Night. So like, you know, I wonder how much of the of the actual game has like nods to it and and stuff, and it was it was even based around that time frame. I don't know. Whatever. I don't give a shit. I just want to play a game. <laughs> I haven't I mean, like, seen like, too much it's about fucking it. So unapologetically, Symphony of the Night. You know, like <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I, which is great. Um, I, I know, uh, there's a, like, now former, um, games journal commentator, whatever you want to call, 
what it is that we do here and stuff. Um, Jared Petty, who worked with Kind of Funny for a while, and he said that um, like when he was playing one of the boss fights in one of the like vertical slices that he saw at I want to say last year's E3, whenever it was the time that they finally started letting people play it. He said that he had a moment where he went in muscle memory and was literally just like, oh, wow, I'm play- this is just Alucard. Like, I'm playing as Alucard. It plays exactly like Symphony of the Night. Right. Yeah, so, man. I have, I have, like, you know, in the interest of not spoiling too much of it for myself, because I know it's a, it's a Grand Slam, you know, it's a sold 1,000% copy for me. Uh, I haven't really watched too much about it, so I'm just ultra excited that we have a day or even an idea. <laughs> it's like, I'm fine even if you ballparked it for me. <laughs> um. It's great. Uh, so yeah, that's coming this summer. Something to look forward to. Um, next up, we had Dragon Quest uh, Eleven: Echoes of an Elusive Age S Definitive Edition. Ooh, that's, that's a title. <laughs> Gotta love it. Um, when you get to the eleventh yeah, so one, is... you get creative. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's coming this fall. Uh, this is just essentially definitive edition of Dragon Age Eleven. It has a fully orchestrated musical score and like. You know, uh, they have that thing where you can play the whole game in 2D and all that stuff. And it looks pretty cool. What do you think about this one, Andy, being our JRPG Um, boy? I don't really play the Dragon Quest games. This one made me want to want to play Dragon Quest. I love the 2D Switch. I think that's so smart and so cool. That was like a thing they already did for the Japanese 3DS release. And it definitely, like, just looking at those little sprites is, like... I don't know. That's making me pine for an elusive age, if you will. It makes me want to play Chrono Trigger as soon as I <laughs> the look at elusive that age of the Super Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, the mid '80s when all we had to fear was Reaganism, <laughs> rampant Reaganomics. <laughs> uh, yeah, it looks cool. I might uh, but get it. Yeah. I don't know. Cool. Uh, so next up is a game that um, looks like it exists in a perfect Venn diagram of my interests. Rune Factory 4 Special coming to Switch later this year. Uh, so Andy said, like, I have to check it out. Oh, yeah. Like, it's essentially RPG. You fight monsters. You have a farm. You get married. Like, all kind. Like it, it looks yeah, great. You have a farm, <laughs> but, like, sometimes you got to go out and beat the monsters that are guarding the real good tomato seeds. <laughs> this is literally what I want out of life, Andy. Yeah, I know. That's all I, I want know out that of life. you are like a big Animal Crossing Harvest Moon kind of guy and also an RPG kind of person. And you're honestly the only person I know who's like real into both of those things. Yeah, like I, I exist in the perfect middle ground. Yeah, you'll <laughs> enjoy it. And then they announced Rune Factory 5. Uh, is coming eventually. I don't know that I'm going to end up picking up Factory 4. We'll see. I, 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 I'm definitely interested in Rune Factory 5, though. Yeah. It's it's piqued my interest, and I think if I've got the time, I'll give 4 a shot. But if not, I'll, I'm just going to get hyped up for I can't for believe they're making a 5. I think Rune Factory 4 came out in, like, 2012. And I just assumed it was dead. <laughs> and now it's yeah. back! So, yeah, if you like Weeby JRPGs, there we go. We got more. Uh, speaking of which, um, there's a new Square Enix RPG coming from the I Am Setsuna team, Oninaki, which is like an action RPG with a really weird premise about, like, death and souls and monsters and seems like a thing that you might like, Andy. Um, I don't know. I definitely, it's a thing that exists and is on the radar, but until I see more about it, um probably gonna pass 
Yeah, something about it just didn't really yeah, grab me. I don't know what it was I'm... that like made me not want to, but it's... It, did you guys play I'm Setsuna? No. no. It's it, it was, you know, like in the style of like, oh, you remember Chrono Trigger, like that kind of style of uh, combat, like you'll love this and like, yeah, they nailed that, but like the game had like no heart to me. You know what I'm saying? Like I I actually couldn't finish it and that's really saying something cuz like I was super hyped for it. So I think what got me on this is hearing it came from that team. Like, I'm not sure how they're going to nail it. Because it, it, I, yeah, like, I, I want to like it. I just actually restarted the dot .hack games. <laughs> like, uh, the GE ones in particular, like, my, my girlfriend picked them up and I was like, screw it, I'm going to play GU, why not? So, like, yeah, I love these, you know, it's, I love this stuff, but I'm not sure if the the team had, I don't know, man, something about I Am Setsuna just fell flat for me, and it like the hype of it wore off very fast sure and i, I, yeah. I don't know how to explain it man it's it it was dis- very disappointing i have to say that i get it reminds me of how me and andy ended up feeling about octopath mm-hmm. right right so like great i love this style i love what they're gonna do with this onanaki thing but like hearing it's from that team i'm like okay i don't know we'll see yeah i hope it's coming I, in the wanna... summer so yeah you know we'll love to see how it turns I out i want to like it <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so then we got another little, not an update, but kind of a reminder. Uh, Yoshi's Crafted World coming March 29th. They dropped a demo for the first level that's available today. We got a little bit more information about it, but, you know, it's it's a Yoshi game. So, like, you should kind of know what you're getting into. Um, I'm looking forward to that one. I like Yoshi games. I haven't played one in several entries in the series. They're very, like, relaxing. They remind me of what I like about Kirby. They're cute. They're fun. They're low-pressure but like they're tight and they're like very visually appealing. So I think I'll give this one a go. Uh, so the next up was Fire Emblem, oh, where baby. they revealed um, who I hope is a potential waifu, this green elf girl. I was like, yeah, all right, cool. I think cool. she's going to be a waifu. Uh, I think she's God. Okay, so you tell me I can't have sex yeah. with God? What's the point of even playing the game then, to Andy? To abuse your position of power as a teacher at this school to sleep with your students. That sounds horrifying. It is, and that's why it's just avoid the waifu stuff. Um, honestly, they haven't said anything about like waifuing or child units, which is the greatest thing. I really hope there are no child units. I thought you liked that stuff. I, I mean, I liked it in Fire Emblem Awakening. Where it, like, worked and made sense. And then it was terrible in Fire Emblem Fates, where, literally, you get your first S-rank support, the people get married, and it's like, then they had a kid, but to make sure the kid wouldn't be affected by the war they're currently fighting, they sent this kid to grow up in the hyperbolic time chamber. Like, (laughs) they send the kids off to, like, grow up in pocket dimensions, and then every one of the kids grows up in the space of... You go and do the chapter where you, like, recruit them and then resents you for leaving them alone in a pocket dimension their entire life. <laughs> Fair enough. Well. Yeah, no, I don't a little them. Kiss 22, isn't it? Yeah. It's like Goku levels of fathering. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> well. Uh, but, yeah, so what do you think about this, Andy? You're a Fire Emblem guy. I know you're hype on it, but you have a few some mixed what feelings. What I think about this is I've already pre-ordered the Seasons of War edition um, for the art book and the calendar. <laughs> oh, so you're getting into the waifu oh, stuff. I mean, not the waifu stuff. It's a calendar. It's a calendar. Are you telling me they're not going to have, like, pinups of the waifus and husbandos? I mean, 
hey, you're going to look at, at Claude and tell me you don't want a pinup of that husbando? Look at him. He's a very handsome man. He looks like he's from Dorne. Yeah. Um. So I'm... I already decided that's the house I'm going to work with, I think, because, like, the other two, I'm like, yeah, no, they sound shitty. Ah. Holy knights and a big evil empire? Nope. They didn't say they were evil, just that they're an empire. Also, they yeah, don't seem there's... that much bigger what? than the other two countries, so... Name one good empire. Um, the Byzantine Empire. Keeping the legacy our own. I was going to say the there Holy Roman <laughs> Empire, which is the same thing, so... Not oh, oh, oh wait, not holy, not Roman, or an empire. All things wrong. <laughs> They're the most contradictory thing ever. Um, but yeah, I'm way excited about this game. I think the the concept of like setting it in a school and letting you pick like which house you want to be in is cool. Um, I have gameplay concerns of they seem to imply that every unit could be every class, which is disappointing to me because if everyone's uh, to quote The Incredibles, if everyone's special, then no one is. Um, <laughs> but, like, if anyone can be anything, the units don't feel unique to me. And it turns less into, oh, I want to bring this unit because I like them, even though they're, like, a less strong gameplay unit, and that's a rewarding sense to me. Or that's, like, a rewarding feeling when I play Fire Emblem, versus, oh, I'm just going to make this, like, mathematically the best team and then pick the units I like. Yeah, that is frustrating. I can see that. Um, it doesn't really incentivize you to spend time with other characters. No. But I'm also convinced that like it's going to be a school for the first like third of the game, maybe. And then shit's yeah. going to get real. You're going to fight a dragon. It's going to be great. You go kill Voldemort. Yeah. It's Potter yeah. Emblem, right? It's, uh, Hogwarts Emblem, maybe? I don't know. Potter Emblem. It's Harry <laughs> They just got rid of Slytherin. That's literally the yeah, only difference. because they didn't want to have a house that was just open bad guys. I mean, hey, listen. <laughs> that is prejudice against us Slytherins. We are just ambitious. The history of of being racist <laughs> is dead. Is it, though? <laughs> God, yes. you sound like Mary. Well, I mean, you love her, so. <sighs> I love you, too. <laughs> Move on. Uh, yeah, so Fire Emblem Three Houses, available July 26th. Going to be my first Fire Emblem game. Looking forward hey, to it. your second Fire Emblem game. You played a little bit of Heroes. Yeah. It counts. Yeah. All right. It counts. Uh, so then next up, they announced Tetris 99, which we already talked about at the top because Andy and I have been playing it, and it's fucking fire. So come get it. <laughs> uh, next up, we got Deltarune, baby! Are you kidding me? Available February 28th, faux free. Yeah. And neither of you nerds have finished it. Or in Thompson's case, I, even played I it. I haven't even started it, so it's going to be so great for me. play it. Play it, you motherfuckers. I mean, I'm playing it when it comes out. I'm waiting for this now because why not, you know? I mean, it's coming out. It's literally around the corner. That's what I'm saying, it's, man. It's out. It's out. I held out long enough on the demo to not have anything. I haven't even seen a, a, a second of gameplay for this. So, so here's my question. I, I am I am prime territory for this. What's up? Do you think this means anything? In like like what? In in terms it means of like, like have fun. Deltarune coming to Switch. Like Andy, I know you know a little bit more about the story around its development. Do you feel like this leads you to think that maybe the game is like coming out sooner than we think, or that we might get another chapter instead of like the entire game released at once? Like it feels weird to put out what is essentially the demo 
chapter of this game on Switch seemingly, like, what, years before the game is actually supposed to be finished? That seems weird to me. Doki Doki did that, technically. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, Doki Doki's, like, technically an elevator pitch for another game. Right. I mean, this is, like you said, it's a demo for, like, what the game might be maybe even years down the line. Um, it could just be, like, almost a feedback experience to see how people, you know, like certain parts. I mean, that's what he said the first one was, but the fact that it's, like, coming out on Switch now, it's kind of, like, weird, because it's like, oh, like, is it coming along further than we thought? Like, it's It's probably, like... From the from the demo that was already released, it's probably not too much more than that. And maybe there's like Well, some... I have to say, the first one wasn't a demo. Like oh. he categorized it as oh, okay. like that. It's it's a full three hour, four hour game. Okay, like, so it really is like chapter one then. Yeah, and right. like the chapter has like a beginning, a middle, and an end, and it like lays threads for what's coming next, and there's multiple endings, and it's like it's a it's a full chapter of the game. There's no reason he couldn't release it chapter by chapter. And I guess I'm just wondering if maybe this is leading to that because previously he said like his plan was to finish the game and then put out the rest of it. I don't think if it was like still a long, long, long way off that it would have gotten this nice juicy spot in a Nintendo Direct. Yeah. Like that's the thing that Nintendo maybe announces on Twitter um, if it's forever away. But the fact that they like made a... A trailer where they used the dog from Undertale to censor anything that could possibly can be construed as a spoiler, like, yeah, loved, loved it. it. It was great. Uh, I think we'll get Delta Rune proper late this year, or early next year. Man, I fucking hope you're right. That sounds about that's right. what I want. That's I mean, what I wanted to hear you say, Andy. I hope. I hope it's true. I mean, honestly, yeah, it, that sounds pretty reasonable. Like, I could see that easily being the end of this year. I think that. Uh, it would be a great spot where Undertale came out in that, like, end of summer, early September, late August lull. Yeah, that would be the best. Oh, please, please, Toby. <laughs> answer my prayers. He's been out. Uh, so next up, we have the Damon X Machina demo announcement, which we talked about earlier in the show. Games dropping summer 2019. Yeah, I'm going to go pick gonna it up. You no know, one's going to get a yikes from me. Yeah, I'm going to try it. I, I like definitely try it yourself um, because I don't want to like Tom said, I think might still like the game. I, I've, like I said, see. I've been abused by armored core. So like that doesn't sound mm. anything too much, you know, more than I've already went through hell a couple times. So. Uh, so then we got the announcement of, uh, and again, I'm jumping around a lot here. There was a lot of other littler announcements that we're skipping over like final fantasy seven and nine coming to the platform, all that kind of stuff. Hellblade, you know, whatever. You want to check it out, go watch the director, check out the recap that we linked to down below. Uh, there's the new game from Platinum, Astral Chain, coming August 30th. Astral Chain, I thought. Uh, got some... It's got some real, like, good pedigree. Um, you know, but this... I gotta say, man, like... And I know. I, I'm a Platinum hater. So, you can take my opinion with a grain of salt if you want. That's your prerogative. They didn't announce that this was a Platinum game until the very end of the trailer where they showed the Platinum logo. I think this game looks really bland. I did not understand why everybody was so hype on it. Like, people are saying it looks incredible. Like, oh, like it looks so hype. Like, I think it looks generic as fuck. Like, it's a generic, like, futuristic city set in Japan. The two leading characters are not, 
like they seem very like they're bland brunette cop twins or whatever they talk in unison like most cheesy animes and like it's i this did nothing for me so and again that's before i saw it was a platinum game i was just like this looks like a generic hack and slash and i i do not get the hype i'm way into like near future science fantasy and like using robots to fight monsters that shit is my aesthetic um, I also think this looks like a sneaky pitch to let Platinum make a JoJo's game. I've seen the that comparison made like a stands lot. And I'm into it. Yeah, it, this is interesting. I'm very 50-50 everything I see about it. Like, I share a lot of Pete's concerns, but it's also, like, it's my aesthetic. And it's it, it's got that just overwhelming like amount of like just slam of sci-fi and it you know everything just oozes it so like i really want to see more of this <laughs> um but i don't know how i feel about the way it plays necessarily so honestly like i don't i didn't know who hideki kamiya is but it says he worked on the wonderful 101 and bayonetta and if it plays like that i'm in yeah i mean yeah. i like bayonetta one and two i like just finished the second one recently and like I would play more games like that, you know. I love the Devil May Cry games and stuff. So, yeah. I mean, it's 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 an original IP by Platinum, so it'll probably play well if hack and slashes are your thing. Yeah. And that is the nicest thing I can say. <laughs> uh, so let's move on. Um, unless any other takes, I don't want to like undersell this because I'm not interested in it. You know, like a lot of people are. So, okay. Um. Alright, so I think this this for me was the biggest announcement of the Direct. Uh, the final piece that they close it out with, their one more thing, is they announced a remake of Link's Awakening, which was a, a Game Boy Color, or sorry, Game Boy uh, Zelda. I think it was the last Zelda that Miyamoto like actually worked on himself. Um, and I fucking love this game. Dude, this is one of you. my played this game a thousand times as a kid hell yeah a Thompson. thousand times <laughs> hell yeah dude i this lived on this my parents this played was this my game first so zelda much. they would be like I'm... oh you beat it and then they'd like take my game boy and be like he's not looking let's play some fucking like, th- this game was yeah. like the shit like this was one of the best zelda games ever or just you know best games can... in general i ever played you know how like every zelda you can have like at least three like you know um like characters yeah yeah or like save slots right my family had the same thing where every, each of us had our own <laughs> yeah it was it was it was insane like this game like in no other way can i think of another game besides like maybe mario from when i was wee lad and stuff but like very few things dominated the space especially from the game boy of all things yeah it just was the most robust shit for like a little game boy game it was the it was, this was my first zelda it was the first zelda i ever beat it was the first like difficult game i ever beat um, I, I have so much love in my heart for Link's Awakening. So much. And, like, when they started doing the, we're doing remasters of top-down Zeldas, this was the first fucking thing I wanted. Yeah. I, this is, like, a top three Zelda for me. Yeah, easy. Like, easy I think Link to the Past is probably an objectively better game, but I like this game more. It, it means more to me personally. Man, I'm, so, I'm, like, I'm so fucking torn on, on that because, like, I think I played this way more than I ever played Link to the Past. Mm-hmm. But, like... Got like you said, man. It's it's probably objectively a better game, but the, this fucking Game Boy game, I had played so, so much time into this game, and like they introduced like the whole like um, 
I don't know. Like, I guess they had flirted with this before that, but like, I like that. Like, the big emphasis is on like collecting musical instruments. Yeah, no, you, know? you had to do that. Like, I, you had to collect all the the. I remember that. The shit, magical, yeah. like the magical flute yeah, and the yeah. fiddle and all that stuff to go wake up the wind fish. It was, it was I, just magic. I loved it. That <laughs> giant, adorable egg. Yeah, I fucking love this game, you guys. I love it, and I this got such a pop out of me. And like, I think the new style is really cute. It's different than any other Zelda we've ever seen visually. Like this, like very like, like not like even shibby. It's like he's got like he looks like. Uh, Honestly, he looks like. I don't a know. He looks boy. like a. Yeah, and I'm about. Yeah, to... like totally. And like he's got those like eyes, like the. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but like the upperclassman guy from. Um, from my hero, where it's just like he's just got the dot eyes with oh, no pupils. Uh, you know, yeah. like his name, but he's Tintin. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, it's like it's just it's so I love it. I think it's super cute. Like the lighting looks really good. I I love that they have the chain chomp. That's that lady's dog, and they just made it a chain chomp. It's like like they were like, yeah, no, it was a chain chomp. It's still a chain chomp. I I love it. Dude, I love it so much, you, you guys. You know how like we talk about remasters. And we're like, you know, to, to capture what it felt like back then to, you know what I'm saying? To like, yeah. what you remember it as like somehow looking at like the style and like the way it's, it's like, it, it reminds me of the Game Boy. I don't know why. Like, it's just maybe because I played it so much, but like, I feel like they really just captured, like, how do we make that aesthetic work on this? And they just brought so much life into it. And it's, this is how I remember the game. Like you were part of the world. It's great. I, they couldn't have done a better job, man. And I'm I'm torn now for like you know Bloodstained and this are as much as I want Bloodstained. This game dominated my childhood it's at one point or another. So uh, it's it's just such a experience to go back to it. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, and I I think the thing that got the most for me like emotionally was like that opening cinematic that they oh, redid yeah, in that, that like was... that beautiful because it was like animation. five frames originally <laughs> yeah it was like this and it still had so much power that's though. what i mean yeah you know? like, the, like and this I, is it's, how i like, remembered it you know exactly and exactly it's, it's beautiful like it's 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 amazing what they did back then like that game i didn't realize like i don't think i like you know was grown obviously grown up and you're playing such an awesome thing and you know i got older and obviously i'd always look back and be like god damn that was a good game but like i never thought i would get this game back you know, or like ever go back to it in any way for that matter. This is like my favorite link too, like my favorite link design, like the one where he's got the like instead of the stocking, like he's just got like a man skirt going yeah. on, and yeah, he's dude. and he's got the uh, like the the brown like arm leggings or whatever, and like the arm modified leggings? Hillian shield where it's, Do you mean yeah, sleeves? He's got, but they're like stockings. Arm leggings, like, though. I like. No, that. like, look. If you if you look at the tunic, you <laughs> smartass. It's clearly he has like a Under Armour on or something. So he has sleeves on under his tunic. It's a whatever. All right. The topic of the You're show. Ruining this for me. Are, are You're ruining arm this. Leggings? <laughs> All I'm saying. This is my favorite link, and I'm really excited, and I love this game, and I can't wait to play it. So I don't have as much of a relationship with this, this game as either of you guys, apparently. But, like, I'm into it. I think it looks gorgeous. And it's been forever since I played it. So I'm happy to go back because I honestly don't remember that much of it. It's a heartwarming tale. 
and it's and it shaped my childhood. <laughs> Man, like you wash up on the beach and Marin comes and saves you and you meet your dad who looks like Mario and there's a chain shop. Uh, and if you it, steal like, it's just a magical town, adventure, man. You don't know what world you're save in. Save file to thief. You have to fight a monkey who throws coconuts. Uh, oh, the monkey! I remember the beach just to the south of town being a huge pain in the ass. It's the best. It's the best. I fucking love so, this game, you guys. I, I have nothing else to say. I'm just gonna be gushing about. Like I'm like looking at screenshots and I just I stopped I can't. because I, I can't take any more. Do you think this is a $60 release? You know what, man? I I don't fucking know. So mentally like, I was like thinking it was at first. I was like, I'm picking this up at 60 bucks, But now that you mention it. It's like it could be like the first in a wave of like 3DS style yeah, smaller like, games. Like this would have been a 3DS game in any other they've year. They've been talking about this. Be- there, there have been rumors about this coming out for the 3DS for like three years. Yeah, about there being another 2D top-down Zelda yeah. coming on 3DS before it moved to Switch. And I guess, you know, I would have to imagine that last year's 3DS software sales, like, were the nail on that coffin. Because I don't know if you guys saw any of those headlines, but, like, uh, that Mario yeah, RPG uh, port that they did. is was, like, the lowest-selling Nintendo-exclusive ever. Mario game, yeah. And the lowest-selling Mario game ever. So, Yeah. I'm not surprised that they moved this over to Switch. I'm so happy that they did. Um, and yeah, I, I'm really excited because I, ho- I hope it pops off. I hope it does well. Because I would love to get Oracles of Ages and Seasons uh, remastered as well. That would be hot fire. Honestly, I'd rather just see a full-blown Link to the Past in this style, but I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. I mean, I, I, I don't not want that. But give me more of my... my my Game Boy Color links, Link Adventures, because I was all about those as a kid. Uh, so that about wraps it up for the conversation about the uh, the direct. I think like kind of just the the thing that I wanted to just throw out to you guys, which I thought was really interesting, is yeah, no 3DS content. I think we're finally done. Is Persona Q2 the last game to release on the 3DS? It really might be. It's insane, but it's kind of poetic for it too. He goes into a you go into a dungeon and you never come out. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's just lost forever. What happened to 3ds? So I don't know. <laughs> Got lost in the woods. Yeah, yeah. So this is kind of a post mortem for the 3ds. Uh, thank you for your service. Thank you for the joy you brought to us. Now go away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so with you, peasant. <laughs> So if you guys want to let us know what you thought about the uh, Nintendo Direct, Activision's layoffs, or any of the other stories we talked about on this week's episode of the Video Game Pals, remember you can hit us up at thevideogamepals at gmail.com. Visit us at the Comics Pals wherever your social media is sold. Or, uh, you know, get us in the comments down below. You know, give us a like, all that stuff. You know what to do. Appreciate it. Um, and thanks for joining us here on another episode of the Video Game Pals. We'll see you all next week. Bye, everybody. Plugs? Oh, wait. Yeah. Plugs. Fuck! <laughs> yeah, man. Before we get out of here, let's do some plugs. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe I did that. Phil, do your best to edit that together so it sounds less like a train wreck. <laughs> and now that I said that, he definitely won't, and he'll just make me sound like a jackass. So, assuming we're still live, uh, Andy. <laughs> okay, so you can find me over on Twitter at Tiger underscore Millions. If you find the picture of Jimmy Olsen, you're in the right place. Oh my God. <laughs> Thompson? It's a treasure hunt to find you. <laughs> um, 
You can find me on Twitter at Relic Vampire. Uh, yeah, I, have, I have Skeletor because I like to uh, mirror at the world. So take a picture of yourselves, you freaks. Why? I don't want people to know what I look like. <laughs> Nobody respects people who have anime pictures as their Skeletor Twitter profiles, anime. and you shouldn't have Jimmy them Olsen's either. Jimmy not anime. <laughs> See, I didn't He's... go full weeb. All right. If you want to connect with me, I'm at loud underscore Pete on Twitter and Instagram. I have an actual picture of my face. Uh, come find me. Come talk to me about Link's Awakening and your hype levels for it, uh, as well as whatever else you want to talk about. I'm all ears. I love you guys. Um, thanks for your support. Oh, we'll see wait, you next week. wait. Pete's trying to get out of here because he's getting modest. Out of here. Um, and I've been saying this for a couple of weeks, but I'm going to keep saying this until they stop accepting applications. Kind of Funny Games is looking for an internet content producer to bring out to San Francisco and make some content with them, and we're trying to ship Pete out there, but they're not returning our calls. So, they want to get rid of me! If you go to at kindoffunnyvids on Twitter, it's their pinned tweet at the time of this recording, uh, you can fill out a brief application. Just tell them, Pete's great, I think that you should take him away from Andy and Thompson so they can finally be free of his iron fist. I mean... All right, yeah. Oh, and then also I do stuff at loopots.com. Go check it out. All right, now, <laughs> third time's the charm. See you next week, Adios, babies. Friendos. Peace.